David, my friend, how are you today? Sean, I'm good. I'm ready for the cold. I'm prepared to hibernate. Are you, are you not a fan of the cold? No, I'm not. I'm a summersman. You know this. I'm a Hawaiian shirt-wearing man. I do know this. Well, if you're not foraging in the outdoors, what is your week going to look like? Sean, it's a marathon week. I picked up a, a theme or a director, and I, I consume as, as much of their films as I can. So what is the theme this week? Not what, who. Who or whom? I don't know. <laughs> let's, say, let's say whom. I think it makes us sound smarter. Sean, you know Dennis Dugan, right? Uh, how or why would I know Dennis Dugan? <laughs> have you heard of the film Problem Child? I have. I have heard of it. I'm pretty sure I've never seen it. Oh, it, it's a, it's if, a I, if, I have, if I have seen it, I do not remember it at all. It's a classic Jack Warden film. Quite possibly his finest yet. Yet? <laughs> Isn't Jack Warden dead? I don't know. Probably. What, what other Jack Warden films are there aside from Dirty Work? Dirty Work was so good. Is Dirty Work by Dennis Dugan? No! Dirty Work was Bob Saget, baby. Really? I always, I always forget that he's not just from, uh, from Full House. Uh, no, Bob Saget is in Half-Baked. No way, I know that. Didn't he direct Half-Baked or something? Tamara Davis directed Half-Baked. How do you know that? Why do you know things. that? I know many things. <laughs> you, you didn't know Jack Warden was dead. <laughs> Jack Warden is Jack Warden's dead? <laughs> uh, but really, who, who is Dale Doberman? Dennis Dugan. <laughs> yes, whatever. <laughs> Whomever. Right. <laughs> Have you ever heard... Of Problem Child. Yes. I've seen it. I love it. I'm a huge Jack Warden head. A, a Jack Wardsman? A Jack Wardensman. Uh, Dennis Dugan directed an all-star cast of Jack Warden, John Ritter, Kramer, and Gilbert Gottfried. Not G G Gilbert, you know, in his directorial debut, The Problem Child. So you're watching Problem Child all week? Sean? I'm celebrating the man's entire catalog from Pro Problem Child <laughs> through Grown Ups 2. I haven't seen any of the Grown Ups movies. You're starting to sound like Brett Hoy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not the one that has a problem with that. When I say it, it's an insult, though. But it's not. It, it's insulting. I'm, I'm insulting you. I'm not insulted. You are. The, the only quality of Brett that is insulting to me is that he doesn't support me on YouTube. I support you. I know. Because, you, David, you understand true friendship. If, if Brett isn't going to get paid for something, he isn't going to give it any effort. He's selfish. Well, while nothing awful happened to me, I guess I can't prove that he didn't try to poison me with that lasagna he made. Oh, I bet that's what he did. Is he jealous? He's jealous. He's a jealousman. An envyman. What? Envyman, like he's envious. Oh, I didn't hear you. My, my headphones are being weird. <laughs> I thought you got new ones. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> why, why would you lie about that? I'm not lying. I got new ones. I just didn't know where they were going to, you know. I just, I didn't know where they were when we started recording, so I used these. 
Brett will probably complain about the audio quality either way. Like, he's he's got special ears or something. Like, God blessed him with the perfect cochlea. <laughs> that is somehow superior to my humble Midwestern cochleas. And I'm tired of it. I'm just tired of it. Tired of what? Tired of trying so hard. Tired of giving my blood, sweat, tears, brain, camera, editing, directorial instincts, and and drugs to that man. (laughs) Drugs? I don't do drugs. I know. Why do you have drugs that you have to give to Brett? Sean. Yes, David? He makes me. He makes you what? He makes me... Have a drugs to give him. <laughs> is that is that legal? He's a bully. He's a bully. He's my bully. I'm pretty sure that you've been the aggressor since I've known the two of you. It's a defense mechanism. Oh, oh, is is that he, why he plays mental games with me? He, he belittles me. He watches all the greatest movies by the greatest directors, and my favorite movie is Surf Ninjas. But you love a lot more movies than that. I don't. I let it slip when I first met him that I like Surf Ninjas, and he made me feel so stupid. And I went home that night, and I memorized IMDb. (laughs) The the whole thing? (laughs) The whole thing. Why? I wanted to seem smart. I wanted to be able to be his friend and talk about directors. I wanted to talk about lighting and mood, but it was never enough. What, what would it feel like if it were enough? It's, it's really only, uh, I've seen maybe eight movies. And anytime I say I'm watching a film, I'm really reading the IMDb page and reading blogs about what the film actually means. Then I bait Brett into a conversation where it comes up so I can just feel sort of a, a connection with him. Does it work? He doesn't engage with me. It's like he reads the same blogs about these films, then argues the opposite just to get me. Makes me feel small. But don't you? Small. He makes me feel small so that he can feel big. That's his whole thing. He's been doing it for years, so I've built up this tough emotional shell, and I don't let anyone in anymore. I'm afraid of what they'll say to me. I'm afraid of what cuisine they'll have extensive knowledge about and bring it up just to, just to make me feel small. David, I had no idea that this was why you're so quick to put him down. It's the best defense. Uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good offense. It's the best. I... What? I don't know. I was talking about sports, or, or maybe a sports movie. I was trying to quote something, but I can't think of it. A sports movie? Which movie? Benchwarmers. With Napoleon Dynamite? Yeah, you guessed it. Directed by Dennis Dugan. You're a wizard. I'm a whiz man. Well, <laughs> would you like to talk about this chapter? Oh, I sure would. Where were the boys last time we left them? When we last left the boys, they... uh. We had just had Joe and Jerry get uh, kidnapped. Jerry. Jerry Gilroy and Joe Hardy had been kidnapped after Frank took Tony and the sleuth back to Bayport to get medical attention for Tony. 
leaving Joe and Jerry, uh, who, upon seeing the uh, the kidnappers, their boat, they quickly steered into a, <laughs> a small inlet, which of course they could not escape from, and were inevitably captured. And uh, the the last, let's see here, the last chapter ended with, um, we'll load them in the boat. We'll take them to the cave. We haven't much time, Nick, one of the uh, kidnappers. Ooh. Nick warned him. Don't worry, said Stark in a hard voice. We're going to make quick work of them. Yeah, a little bit of quick work. That's what I'm talking about. Speaking of quick, quick work. Quick work. Quick work. There's another great Dennis Dugan film, and it's got John Turturro. And it's from the early 90s, and Pat Proft co-wrote it. Pat Proft of, you know, Zucker fame. I mean, he was yeah. doing the Hot Shot movies and everything. And it's called Brain Donors. And it's a throwback to old school slapstick comedy. You have to watch it if you haven't seen it. Okay, I will. Brain Donors. Don't that's, forget it. That's all I need to hear. Yeah, I know. You're a prosman, just as I. <laughs> Maybe I should spend some time on Dennis Dugan's IMDb page. It's the greatest IMDb page known to man. <laughs> it really is. And Grown Ups 2? Fantastic movie. I can't wait for three. Grown Ups 2 is be even better than Grown Ups 1. I think so. I think it's going to happen. Fingers crossed, man. He just... Did he do Hoobie Halloween? I don't remember. Dennis Hoobie Dugan? good, too. Dugan did not do Hoobie Halloween. It was Dugan-less. If it was Dugan, it would have been a five... No, it was a five-star movie. It's a good movie. The I guy that wrote it. it is the one who wrote Sandler's best films. What are, in your opinion, Sandler's best films? Billy Madison. Yeah. Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Mr. Deeds. Yeah. Eight Crazy Nights. I'm trying to go it. in trying to go in order. Oh, you haven't seen Eight Crazy Nights? No. It's crazy. All eight nights. <laughs> As a Christian family, we weren't allowed to see it growing up. Because uh, of its direct, direct references to Judaism. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So I, I get harbored that. I harbored such such resentment about that decision that I I married a Jewish woman. Yeah, and now you watch Eight Crazy Nights every night. I mean, that's what I would have done. Every eighth night. Every eighth night you watch it. Yeah, there's a great character named Whitey. And he talks like this. And it's so funny. It's, it's I think a good I one. would need more than that to find it funny, but <laughs> if it's just <laughs> someone who talks like that. all the great scenes in that, that's what I did. It's just a bad impersonation of Whitey. Whitey is so cute, though. He's hysterical. Good soundtrack. It's, it's just great. It's amazing. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Yeah, you should. Um, but so that's where the boys are, which brings us to chapter, chapter 19, 19, Rocky, Rocky Prison. Prison, which and was I did not know that this was Rocky's last name. Is that what it is? Yeah. That makes so much more sense. Um, this You're talking about to... Rocky from the Three Ninjas, right? Yeah, yeah, the prison family. Yeah, Colt, Colt prison, Tum Tum, Tum, Tum prison. prison. <laughs> TTP prison man, you know about TTP, yeah. Tum Tum prison, Pat Morita prison. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, old Gramps prison, and then Dad, FBI agent prison. This has to be. One of the worst chapters ever written. Yes. Yes. But somehow it is still one of my favorite chapters oh, ever written in these books. It's, 
it's the massive dump the last three pages that Mm -hmm. I was so mad at at first. And then I was like, no, don't be mad. This is the worst writing I've ever seen in my life. So I just enjoyed it. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, you got to savor it. It's, this is the snakes on a plane thing. Yes, once exactly. You, once you can accept what it is and you're not offended by the premise, then you can get past that, enter a different place in your mind, and move forward. Yes, and that's all it's, you it's can It's a suspension do, of reality. Yep. If I, if I may... If I may, and then it goes into the theme music. (laughs) I have no problem with that. How are you, man? I am fantastic. (laughs) What a day. It is definitely a day. What a world. What a country. What a time. Yeah, sexiest world. I, I would argue that we live in the sexiest world. Yeah. It's the sexiest of the planets, Earth. It's a you sexy so? planet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's vivacious. That's true. It's got body. If, it's got curves. It's was, got a little bit of water. At first, I was thinking it's just round, but when you really no. zoom in and look at it, yeah. oh, there's, there's great colorations, the too. Oh, yeah. 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 It, it's the sexiest of the planets. The topography oh, is astounding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You ever seen its core? <sighs> red hot my friend where is this thing does sit-ups where's the most exotic place you've been in your life i've been in a brett hoy's kitchen once it's pretty exotic and you lived to tell the tale yeah i would say florianopolis was the most exotic place i've ever been see now maybe i'm not a well-read man but that could like absolutely be a game of thrones reference or something (laughs) And I would have, like, I would go it's on this journey with child. you. It's from the problem child. It's the big town they live in. <laughs> Tell me that's true. Dennis, do, no, no, it's in Brazil. <laughs> What'd you do in Florianopolis? Uh, it's when I worked for this photography tutorial company. So we shot with a photographer named Dixie Dixon. And it was the worst shoot I've ever been on. In my life, my boss apparently didn't know that he was rigged up to a mic and he was talking about me and he told people that I was lazy uh, because we're in the middle of shooting a sequence and he wanted me to go off and shoot B-roll. And I knew, no, we need a second camera for this because I'm the one editing it. So I said, no, I'll shoot B-roll later. I'm going to get what we need for the product that you're selling. You're not selling B-roll. You're using it for marketing. You're selling what we're shooting now because people were paying like $400 for these tutorials. And I took it upon myself to make them the best they could be. And it really did. It bugged me. And yeah, when I said no to him, he went off and told everyone that I was lazy. And yeah, my friend Nick overheard it. He goes, hey, I don't want to start anything, but Gary's calling you lazy over the headset. So we got into the car because we got rained out and we were stuck in a car together. And it's just dead silent. And I just go, so heard you called me lazy he goes i don't want to get into it man (laughs) and he started crying and i hammered him it was it was bad and all my friends looked at me like i was the biggest jerk i'm like david he's crying i'm like this is when he needs it most (laughs) (laughs) 
I was like a this really is, mean this father. This is a teachable moment. Yeah. So I, I just bashed him to, for like 30 minutes. And yeah, all my friends were just like, wow, David's so mean. But he was a jerk. He was a really bad person. And he told these like, we were filming these models and the models didn't really speak English. And they thought they were just getting their photos taken. They didn't know we had video cameras. He wasn't paying them to actually be the face of our promotional videos. So I was in a really bad mood. Just I, I did not agree with his morals at all. And it made me angry. Well, I appreciate you changing his name for anonymity. Uh, yeah, uh, Gary Martin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gary Martin. <laughs> He's a turd. <laughs> Same with Rob Grimm. <laughs> huh. Yep. How about you, Sean? Um, I think the Grand Canyon is the most... I like, love I've, the I've Grand left, Canyon. I've it was so cool. I've left the country, but I went to... Uh, the places that I've been have not been... Uh, this was in the, the context of what topography, you know, what, what exotic places. So I've been to Burkina Faso in Africa, um, oh, but yeah. it's a barren, flat desert. Yeah. Um, I've been to London, but it is a flat fog, <laughs> yeah. uh, fog bank. Yeah. Uh, it's very depressing. Yeah. You know, we had great weather while we were there. Apparently, uh, it rained while, uh, like for the week, every day, the week leading up to our arrival, didn't rain for four days while we were there. Then we went to Amsterdam for three days. Ooh. It rained in London all three of those days. Then we went back to London for another three days. And it stopped raining. And it was dry. Sounds so, like you need to move to London. You're the yeah, man. We, You're the we lucky bring guy. It. We bring it. We bring that sunshine. Yeah, to make everyone angry, I'm going to do it again. You're the Rob Schneider, man. You have it. Don't lose it. Just keep going back there. You'll stop the rain. I will. I will yeah. stop the rain. <laughs> it's uh, the name but, of your album. Yeah, I would say, I would say like, topographically uh, either that or the northern rockies in idaho in the panhandle national forest uh, never did some backpacking in there yeah never gone never but been never seen near near coeur d'alene uh no just, idea what that is but i'm gonna a, write it down it's a town from uh problem child oh i knew it mm-hmm. i knew little, that was from problem Dugan reference there yeah the double d man <laughs> old dennis dig the dukes there the dugsman uh, fear showed in Jerry's eyes and his face paled. Joe stoically hid his emotions at Stark's ominous threat. The same thought wildly raced through the boys' minds. What would these men do to them? Ooh. So they're in a bad place. We're about to get a whole bunch of these things where it's a like sentence in quotations, but it's just someone thinking. Yeah, it's very obnoxious. Which makes it seem like, why, why did that not happen in this paragraph? Like, if you're gonna do that trope, do it. Yeah, Don't from the very sometimes beginning. Sometimes do it and not do it other times. Yeah, it's very confusing for the reader, especially when he's dyslexic. We also get a, a syntactical device in this chapter that I do not remember from any other uh, chapter in any of these other books, but. It's not a the what? next page. A syntactical device is the term I used. It's probably yeah. not right, but we'll it's, get to it. It sounds very smart. I don't know what that means. Uh, you'll see so soon. I cannot wait so soon. Uh, so Frank, meanwhile, speeding back to Bayport with Tony. Tony's uh, injured. Yeah, he, he broken yeah, his, ankle. His ankle's in a bad <laughs> way. Uh, 
And then we get this fun little dialogue between Tony and Frank. You want to be Tony or Frank? I'm going to be Tony. Okay, good. Where's the Napoli, Tony? Can you see it? Tony turned his head for a look. No, (laughs) he answered. Well, they shouldn't be so far behind us, Frank said. From time to time, he glanced back uneasily as they sped across the bay toward the Coast Guard station, and he spoke up worriedly. The Napoli isn't that much slower than the sleuth. Maybe the boat had motor trouble. Don't think so. Just had it checked. I like how they worked in, Frank, one more nag on the yeah. Napoli of like, it's obviously slower <laughs> than our boat, the sleuth, that I our wish, rich dad helped us buy. Yeah, but I it's wish not Tony would have said, slower. I get it, Frank. Your boat is better than mine. <laughs> you have it easier as a non-Italian <laughs> in the 1920s than I do. Remember all that money you got for solving the mansion murder that you that, didn't split out. <laughs> that I helped you solve. Yes, and Chet. Although I get why you didn't pay him. He would spend it all on cheeseburgers. <laughs> or just cheese. <laughs> or so, yeah. He loves that Welsh rabbit, which we later learned was cheese. Thank you, Brett Hoy, the man who belittles me. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I'm getting over it. Uh, so Frank, uh, they, they get to the Coast Guard Pier, and, uh, and Frank leaps onto the ladder and climbs up. And, and says back, you know, take it easy, Tony. I'll get help. And he sprinted along uh, to the Coast Guard headquarters where he runs into Lieutenant Parker, to whom Ooh. he says, I have a fellow in my boat with an injured ankle. <laughs> and I think he didn't have to say a fellow. Like, with the relationship that they have with law enforcement, he could probably be like, hey, Tony's in my boat. Yeah, and be but like, if you Tony, said that, they'd be like, The guy Tony, with the yeah, Napoli that's slightly slower than the sleuth? <laughs> that Tony? <laughs> Oh, yeah, we no, clocked what happened him. to Tony's like ankle? 15 MPH is lower than yours. <laughs> well, it's not. Ah, see, ah. I'm not a boatsman. You know this. You know this about me. I've only been on a boat like twice, and I got seasick. Which boat? My, I did a cruise. It wasn't a cruise. It was like a deep sea fishing boat once. I don't know where I was. I think it was in Florida, and I hated it. I got really, really sick. Did you and catch then, any fish? Uh, I don't know what I caught. I was throwing up the whole time. Nice. That's the only thing I caught. And then once in Table Rock Lake where I got dragged on a donut behind the boat. And I just thought, what if I hit a wave and I go flying headfirst into the boat? Like, you know, I hit a wave and it launches me through the air. And then they see that I got launched. So they stop. And then I fly and hit the propeller. Did, did <laughs> I, it I know end it's up not happening? logical. No. <laughs> okay. I did skid across the water, though, like a skipping rock. I was just... Ee, 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 ee. One day when it's safe to do so, I really want to take everybody down to... Uh, my parents have a house down at Table Rock Lake that they're very generous with. Ooh. Um, and uh, and I would love to, to head down with... I think I've talked to you before about trying to go down, make it like Doing a four-day trip. Season. And yeah, recording a full season of the Hardy and Sons podcast and just scheduling them out week by week after that, but going full immersion therapy into a Hardy and Sons. Oh, I would love that. Because uh, Leslie, who wrote the books, Charles Leslie McFarland, um, he would rent a cabin and write four of them, right? He would rent a cabin for a month and write one a week. It was for $100 or something like that, $100 for the cabin for the month. And, yeah, every week he would write a book, and he was living off 
whatever he caught in the morning fish-wise. He was, like, cooking up eggs. I guess the place had chickens. He had his bacon, and then he had just a can of beans. <laughs> yeah, so I think we need to go method with oh our podcast. Oh, my God. Do, do the, the Franklin diet? Cabin, yeah. Or the Leslie diet? Yeah, wake up, <laughs> catch some fish, eat the fish without cooking them, and then Classic, just start yeah, recording like podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole podcast is the <laughs> Is that is that Whitey? <laughs> that was Whitey, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, their their friend Tony, they make it back. Um and a few moments later, four Coast Guardsmen, two with a stretcher between them, running with Frank to the end of the pier. They pick him up, uh, and they run uh they they Put Tony in a waiting emergency vehicle that they have ready at all times. At all times, yeah. Um, but as they're saying, like, you know, hey, we got to worry about, uh, think about Joe and Jerry. And that's when the Coast Guardsmen are like, hey, what is he talking about, Frank? Is something else wrong? We're at the bottom of 155. I'll tell you in a minute. Frank. Okay, right. yeah, there it is. That's the very bottom. Yeah. I'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> we might need a cutter and some men soon. May I use so, your phone? Two things. Yeah. I'll tell you in a minute. I'm stopping here too. You can't tell him now. Two. You know Tony's puckered out right now. He heard cutter and he's like, does it really need to be amputated? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I mean, spoiler alert, a cutter, I guess, is a name for a specific style of boat, I guess, because it cuts through the water fast. Yes, that's correct. Okay, so I didn't know that. So I'm just thinking, like, why do you need a cutter? The man is fine. Or And the I full name you- of a cutter boat is called amputate the leg from the thigh <laughs> down. And so when they said that, poor Tony just scared the bejesus out of him. <laughs> oh, that's, What'd that you say? Could be, that could be the greatest joke on this show so you far. Think so? <laughs> yeah, the bar. I, I very much enjoyed that. <laughs> I don't know. I liked your Dennis Dugan banner, banter no, at the top of this it, episode. I also have Dennis Dugan batter. I make Dennis Dugan cookies. They're fantastic. Ooh, they're ooh. Uh, they're shaped like little ninjas because he also directed Beverly Hills Ninja, my favorite Chris Farley performance. Wow. Yeah. It's got a great soundtrack, too. Also in Dirty Work. Also in Dirty Work, yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on here with this, you know, we might need to cut her in some men soon. May I use your phone? There's a tired moment in most, like, cop thriller films when... FBI or federal agents or whatever, when somebody comes in and like, this is my crime scene, like you're yeah. relieved. This is That's my what Frank just now. did to the entire Coast Guards. Of just yeah. like, we might need a cutter and some men soon. May I use your phone? And a Diet Coke, no ice. <laughs> Can I get some coffee around here, please? What's that called when you do it, no ice with whiskey? Uh, neat. Neat, yeah. Diet Coke, neat. Stat. <laughs> Two fingers of Diet Coke, neat. <laughs> I do like that. He's got like this little over Just, his – I imagine he's in his shantytown clothes, but they're also snap clothes. So when they get done with this, when he shows up, he just unsnaps them, and he's got a suit on underneath, and he just pulls up his sunglasses. And, and just pops them on. Yeah, just like, like – Where did you get that badge? <laughs> I made it in the lab. Get me that coffee. <laughs> 
Yeah, very quickly. And the Coast Guard it's is eager made out to be of the like broken fizzle pops. <laughs> That's this bloody glass badge. <laughs> the Coast Guard seems eager to provide this teenage boy with men, with with with, with soldiers, with a boat, and again, he has not told them anything yet. No, he They're just says, just you'll like, find hey, out later. This high school boy said he needs the full service of the Coast Guard right now. <laughs> Let's go, men. Get How some rifles. How easy is it to find the Coast Guard nowadays? Could we, you and I, just go out and, and locate the Coast Guardsmen? I've said this before, but the Coast Guard uh, on Table Rock Lake who patrols uh, our, like, the, the part of the, the lake where my parents have their house. Yeah. Uh, I don't know his first name, but it starts with an R. And his last name is Kelly. And so his awesome. name tag says Officer R. Kelly. That's um, awesome. Yeah. We should talk to Officer R. Kelly and just go up and start demanding things from him, see what happens. He's a super nice guy. Yeah. So we might get what we want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Officer Kelly, we're going to need uh, Officer R. <laughs> R. Kelly. We're going to need a cutter and some men. And he, he just rolls up his pant leg. He's like, okay, just take it off above the knee. <laughs> No, no, the boat. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So uh, I guess Frank goes to call Chief Colleague. Yeah. And Chief Colleague, he begins urgently. This is Frank Hardy. I'm at the Coast Guard Pier. Just got back from Hermit Island. We found the jackets the bank robbers were wearing. I have two of them. Joe ought to be here with the others any minute. How does Frank still think that Joe is on his way? <laughs> He like just time thinks has that passed. Tony's boat is that slow. <laughs> he's just oh, living in this. Well, the sleuth made he it here twice that, as fast. Like he's in the sleuth and they're zooming. And then the way that Frank imagines Tony's boat is it's two men with their face buried in the water just going spitting <laughs> with their lips. <laughs> it's like a paddle it's like boat. The reverse, the it's, boat. Yeah, it's almost like a Flintstones version of a boat. <laughs> <laughs> what? cried Chief Colleague in amazement. Stay there. I'll be right down. I love the amazement of we have two jackets. And the amazement doesn't stop here. Like, this becomes a big thing where they're like, oh, no, they got the jackets? Nobody saw you in these jackets except for boys. So it's just these boys saying they wore these specific jackets. There's no photos of these jackets. There's nothing on these jackets. There's no fibers left behind that look like they were from a dark pea jacket. Yeah, they're not like, hey, there was this huge chunk of jacket that got shot off in a gunfight. There wasn't even any pee that they could tie to the pee jacket. To the jacket. Yep. Yeah. It was peeless. <laughs> uh, so Lieutenant Parker says, our men have taken Tony to a doctor. Have you found some new clue to the bank robbers or your missing chums, Frank? If there's going to be trouble, we want to help. The Coast Guard is at your service. No questions <laughs> asked. And if you want us to shoot somebody, you just point. Here, you want to try my gun? <laughs> take you take it. my side piece. <laughs> we'll follow you. <laughs> Pulls out his little derringer. <laughs> uh, this isn't the first time they've done this either. I remember my earliest drawings, the watercolors, where he just, the Coast Guard give Frank and, uh, no, it was Tony and Chet. They just give them guns. Yeah, Frank and Joe were uh, going up to the house on the cliff through the caves. Yeah. And the Coast Guard's like, here you go. Just rock these bad boys. Yeah, just point it at the people you want to go bye-bye. Okay, boys? 
<laughs> Pointed at the mean man. Okay, make sure you say a real snappy one-liner before you fire. <laughs> and you'll want these sunglasses for right afterward. <laughs> uh, Frank quickly gave details and ended with, I'm worried about Joe and Jerry. So I'm glad he did give details finally to the he Coast did, Guardsmen. But the, the, the reader doesn't know the details. Well, what do you we think? do because they've painstakingly laid them out over the past few chapters and really, That's really very, made a yeah. meal out of this. Like, well, what happened? <laughs> well, they drove into a small inlet and got kidnapped. Obviously, yeah. Those well, are the I details. mean, with all the exposition we get in the next, you know, four yeah. pages, I'm a little upset that we didn't get just loaded with it here as well. <sighs> so, what do you think happened to him? I don't know. <laughs> so sassy it should end there but instead he goes on there was one member of the gang on the island when tony and i left maybe more of them came back the boys may have been trapped i'll order the cutter at once lieutenant parker said Uh, order the cutter at once sir (laughs) yeah he's got a chainsaw that he just cocks (laughs) why do you have a chain (laughs) this is my boomstick (laughs) nice that's my movie son uh, strange one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Frank replied. If we don't see the Napoli by the time Chief Collie gets here, we'd better move fast. And this is, again, where this is just like, fr- you know, uh, Tommy Lee Jones and the Fugitive? Oh, yeah. This Can't is, that. that is who Frank is right now. I'm just like, yeah, that's awesome. Calling the shots, be like, all right, I need a two mile radius around here. Boat stacked up, leading right up. Make sure the sunrise comes. They're going to go windwards, leading west, and we want to beat them there. That was pretty good. Ooh, thanks. I panicked the whole time. I browned out. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> when Brett Hoy, when he quotes the fugitive, he always has this one quote that he does. And it's so funny because he's trying to do a Harrison Ford, but it's almost more like Al Pacino. But the only line he ever says is, he switched the samples. <laughs> it makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> There's a couple. See, I get confused of what's a line from The Fugitive and what's a line from Wrongfully Accused. <laughs> because they do the same character. Ryan! In them, but Ryan! So it's like. There's two things that really frost my ass. Snow cone about this high <laughs> and, and Ryan Hardigan, whatever. <laughs> Dude, that movie, the train Ryan chase Harrison, sequence through the woods is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. And that's a Pat Prof uh, script as well. Really? Yeah. Man. So there you go. You're a wizard. I, I am a wizard, Harry. You're, you're a whizman. <laughs> so... Uh, so Joe hasn't come yet when, when police get there. So uh, powerful engines of the Coast Guard cutter were rumbling impatiently beside the pier. And then Frank, chief colleague, two policemen that he had brought along hurried aboard. And then already a squad of seamen with their rifles had taken their places. At a signal from Lieutenant Parker, the cutter growled out into the bay. Nice. I'd like to believe that Frank gave the signal. You know Frank gave us. Well, Frank signaled he, Lieutenant Parker mark, to give the signal. <laughs> unleash hell! <laughs> uh, and you know he's on the sleuth. Like, Tony's driving it, but Frank is on the very front, like George Washington. And he's just got uh, a sword, like, pointing forward. And a flag. And his flag, yeah. It was awesome. It was a sight It's like to a behold. New Jersey flag. What are you doing, man? <laughs> it's not even our flag. I just love Jersey, all right? Okay? I love Snooky. He's fist bumping, too. <laughs> uh, this is the syntactical device to which I referred earlier. But we get just a full stop, a, bl- a 
new paragraph, a skipped line. Yep. To indicate that we are we are entering a different scene within the same chapter. We're yeah. transporting through space and time. Ooh, that was good. Across, Come with me now. Across we... space and backward in time. <laughs> is this like the magic school bus? Maybe. How does the magic school bus's theme start off? Don't they say something like that? They say, uh, I'm just a bill on Capitol, on Capitol Hill. Hill. That's what oh, it wait, is. Wait, no, that might be so. Oh, butterfly in the sky. I can go twice can as, high. as high. Just take a look. It's I in a book. book. It's reading Rainbow. Man, I'm upset that I didn't know that at all. I didn't know one one lyric from that. I don't even know if I've ever seen Reading Rainbow. With LeVar Burton? The guy from Star Trek? Yeah. I didn't Jordy, know. Jordy LaForge. Yeah. Had a children's <laughs> show about reading and imagination. And it at the sounds... end he'd say, you know, open a book. There's a great story inside, but you don't have to take my word for it. And then they'd cut to these shots of like individual kids. They do like four or five of them all recommending a book that they liked. And oh, man, man, I wanted to be one of those kids recommending a book, but what, I hated what reading your, so much. That's why I watched a TV you show done, about though? it. What'd you say? What book would have you would you have done if you had the opportunity as uh, a child, John? As a child, I don't know. Probably a Hardy Boys book. Really? Honestly. That's, That's like fascinating. All, I didn't read a ton. In yeah. college, I was featured on a poster at the library for their <laughs> read campaign. Okay, and why don't I have this photo? I tried to find it. It was online somewhere. I don't reach know out I, to the college. Uh, it was like cached in Google somewhere. I'll I'll see if I can find it. Yeah, but, find that for um, me. But I recommended the book "Me Talk Pretty One Day" by David no. Sedaris. Nope, never heard of it. Do you know David Sedaris? That name sounds very familiar. Well, you're welcome. Did Enjoy. you tell me about David Sedaris? I am now. What is it? Was something "Me Sit Pretty" me, and "Me Talk Pretty One Day"? Me. Talk pretty one day. It's written down. He I'll has read it. Several fantastic books. He is the brother of Amy Sedaris, who is one of my favorite comedians. Uh, co- comedian womans. Sorry. It's Sorry. okay, Sean. Sorry. Twenty twenty one. Let's let's try and be a little bit more PC, friend. <laughs> this is a good time to take a break because we are transporting through time and space. And if you didn't hear the ad last week, you're going to want to hear it this week. It's a good one. Enjoy. And with that, the ad, the boys took a break. Took a break. <laughs> These hands weren't made for clapping. They were made for slapping. I have, I have a yes or no question for you, and that yes. determines how quickly we get back into the episode. Do we acknowledge in the second half that the intro was obviously scripted? I think our performance, my performance in particular, isn't going to convince anyone that we were just flying off uh, off the cuff. What was the coke line? <laughs> well, it's the cochlea, which is a part of the ear, but it's spelled C O C H L E A. Oh, so you were it's so it was so it was I could phonetic say for you. I didn't okay. want you to to get there and be like cochlea and okay, not, yeah. I didn't know if you knew what that word looks like. I'm a biology major. I've studied the cochlea. <laughs> that makes so much more sense. I thought it was supposed to be like a free cola or something like that. Like it was this I like reference that I went. <laughs> if you listen to it, that's where I'm thinking and I'm reading it. I was just like, oh, wait, I don't know what we're going for here. But I did say cochlea, but just in a, a strange way. 
I think we did a great job. I did too. I think it was actually pretty accurate. I I would say that it was so I'm not a writer. I don't write like you guys write. But as I began settling down to write, it did start to come somewhat quickly and I I found that like every time I started to think like, well okay, we'll talk about Dennis Dugan for a minute. Yeah. And then there was like an opportunity to sort of get sidetracked. I'm like, well, that's what we would do. We would stop talking yeah, about that and just yeah. follow wherever this goes and then whatever that sparks. It. So it was an easy thing to write almost. The hardest part was keeping IMDb open so that I could make references. <laughs> keep going back and referencing Dennis Dugan's filmography. I like filmography. the idea that I've only seen eight films and your, your breakdown? I just memorized IMDb. <laughs> Yeah, I really wanted that to be like a, a a pivotal moment for you as a person to really reveal why you treat Brett Hoy the way that you treat. And it's because he has just overshadowed every element of your life. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty accurate, too. I mean, he definitely reminds me by not... I tried to ask him for a painting. You know what he said? What did he, he say? He said, I just kind of like the idea that I don't sell them. And I was like, did you explain to him that you weren't about to buy it? You just wanted to have one? Yes. (laughs) In full detail. It's exactly (laughs) what I said. No, no, no. I am not wanting to purchase one. I just want you to paint me because I thought we were boys and I'm not even asking for the painting. I just want you to paint me. Okay. You don't have to give it to me. I just think it'd be hilarious to have you paint me. I mean, we've been through so much together and he won't even paint me. I've drawn him every year for his birthday. I draw him. On many photos. <laughs> I'm there's <laughs> it could be its own podcast. Just an analysis of your relationship with Brett Hoy. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a great relationship. Of um, anger. I don't want to host that podcast though. No one does. Not even Brett Hoy. I still want to have the big uh the big crazy conversation podcast of like you, me, Brett and Keith. Just a free for all. Yeah, that's right. Just I a, forgot a about weekly, that. just an authentic look at what our dynamic is. When people, when people look at us and they look up to us and say, "These established young filmmakers yes. and visionaries, these creative yeah. agencies." Yeah. How do they make it? What is it like to be them for a day? I think if we could let people into that world for an hour and see just mm. how strategic every conversation is how calculated mm. all of our ideas are um i think i think it could be inspiring for people i'm gonna have to agree with you i mean just to step into the mind of a genius just for one hour a week i mean it kind of lifts your iq right yeah being surrounded by such intelligence at all time yeah and for you brett and keith to get access to my genius brain for an hour like that that it would be rewarding for me it Did, really does that would, make yeah. sense? Yeah, no, I like, get that. It's, it's we're, we're kind of sucking hours. down your brain energy. You know, we're like just putting a straw in there, and we're just trying to get a little bit of your knowledge, and it doesn't even affect you because you have so much in there that you don't even notice it's gone. You know what yeah. I'm saying? When your and, IQ and is already I... 800, it's just one of those things. I mean, your IQ is higher than my SAT score. Right? Are you roasting yourself? it's my new comedy bit is it working isn't that what you're supposed to do in comedy you're just supposed to destroy yourself yeah uh (laughs) 
Anyways. Anywho. Oh, let's uh, finish this book, huh? I let's just finish this some book. some water on it. It's fine. Everything's fine. Where Don't do we look even... at me. Oh, I know where we left off. I know where we left off. At I the, know some at of the, these words. The carriage return. At, at the, the carriage return. Uh, so on Hermit Island, we're back on Hermit Island. Where you, oh, yeah. your, your face looks like you were preparing yourself emotionally for something. <laughs> I was doing a quick in breath. Just a like a little goose fraba, like a goose fraba. Ah, oh, dude, in my in my Sandler movies, I forgot to mention anger management. That is in my top three. I got to reassess my Sandler list. I'll do it another time. We can do a whole special episode about that. Okay, thank you. I mean, it needs to be known. I'm Sandler. By the man. way. To come clean on something else, I'm having serious doubts about bringing the Jeopardy live show to life in two weeks. Oh, yeah. Because admittedly, I have done nothing to prepare any questions. I have not reached out to anyone to schedule anything. Um, I have not promoted it in any way. Yep. Um, so I want to do something because we've always done some sort of celebration at the end of uh, the previous three three books. I just don't know what, and I, I think I bit off more than I could chew mm. with, yeah. the, uh, with, the, with the, the live trivia right now. That'll happen. I wonder the live if... Joe party. Hmm. There's something we can think of, something easy that doesn't take much. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the easiest thing would be to just have bagel shoots to just say like, hey, can you do just a tight 60 minutes? Yeah, I would we'll love... We'll intro you and then get out of your way, and you just flow, man. Yeah, I would love to see that. I mean, we could also have Brett do a recap episode of every season up till now. And paint you while he does it. And, and so paint me while he does it. That way there's like it. a visual so it's full element circle. to it. It's full circle, baby. Well, to the listeners, um, you should email us and tell us what you want instead of the Joe party, which is not going to happen. Yeah. Joe Hardy. <laughs> Terrible pun. Thank Terrible. you. It's not even a yeah. pun. It's just it, I said the name. I don't even know name. what it was. Yeah, it was not good, though. Hold <laughs> them here with your gun, Nick. Stark's face tightened with anger. Uh, and then he disappeared the into the real cavern. Line. Yeah, hold them here with your gun. And I would imagine Nick just sort of like <laughs> looks down at his gun and like, Presses it at like yeah, pushes it against okay. it to hold him down. <laughs> it's holding, backwards holding the too, wrong so end. Yeah. facing him. Yeah, <laughs> classic comedy. Nobody get clever, okay? <laughs> this thing is loaded, I think. So the the music stops because I guess they're listening to a radio. Well, that cave that they were snooping by earlier, where the radio was on, and they thought somebody was asleep. Oh, that's right. And and then they so never went back that to that, that the, cave. The radio was on. Yeah. Um, so the radio's still on, and that guy was still asleep, apparently. Uh, who we find out, because uh, Stark goes in, radio goes off. Stark comes out with a heavy, bald-faced man who was, who blinked in the late afternoon sunlight. <laughs> and here we get the quotation. <laughs> it's the fellow we saw with Ben Stark in the black cat, Joe thought. <laughs> he also noted that the man was wearing the same clothing as the fake hermit. Uh, so we get that he is also the fake hermit. But this man was clean-shaven and in his 30s. He must have been wearing a false beard yesterday, Joe decided. Now, is this another thought, or did he say this out loud? 
I'm guessing it's a thought that he had word for word exactly like that, which is why it's in quotes. <laughs> it's important that you know that that was his exact thought. Yep, I, I, uh, that's how I took it as well. He didn't. He didn't think maybe he was wearing a fake beard. He thought maybe he he must have been wearing a false beard. <laughs> word for word. So Fritz Stark glowered at the bald man. Listen, pops, he demanded. How did these kids get on the island? You're supposed to be keeping people away, not sleeping. Pops, <laughs> said Joe to himself. This is the fellow Alf told us about who beat up Sutton. So he I'd like is to saying this that... out loud, right? <laughs> For this no, one? No, he's still thinking. It wasn't he thought to himself. Well, he said it to himself. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Everyone's just like, what? it's pops (laughs) pops this is the fellow alf told us about who beat up Sutton. that's right kid (laughs) i beat him up good see business i was speaking to myself (laughs) thank you please quiet down young man good thing the coast guard is coming with my brother to rescue us i said to myself what he even says, I said to myself. <laughs> Just full narration. <laughs> oh. So the bald, man, the bald man answered Stark lamely. I guess I was in the cave and didn't hear them. I figured, I figured nobody would be nosing around during the storm. <laughs> Your accent work. It's is, fantastic. It's so it's a- good and so diverse. <laughs> I can tell the difference between your pops and your Stark and your Fritz, and your Mr. French. It's subtle. It's nuanced. It's, it's all about how I roll my R's. Yeah, the length of the R roll yeah. is, is really what, what gives it's what a sense it. of individualism to each of these. It's very hard. It's been about 30 years of everyday consistent practice of just... That's good. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for not that... practicing frequently on the podcast. Oh, your podcast welcome. isn't for practice. Podcast is for it's performance. for performing. Yeah, I was hoping you would go there, and I did. And, and every time my performance is a, a gold star winner, best host twenty twenty one. Thanks, y'all. Yeah, my hat is off to you. Thank you. The hat did come off. I appreciate that. So um, y- this fool. begins. Well, I before you get too much into it here, this begins. Brett Hoy's recap of the book as told by Fritz Stark. This is just a full recitation of everything that's happened from page one onward. Yeah, of why, what happened, when and where, who stole what, who was where while other people stole what, names of... Like, just a full-on confession... It's in your cliche Hardy Boys villain, we're never going to get caught. And we don't mind telling these kids everything. Yes, and it is hysterical. It's what makes you so angry in movies, just to the power of 50. I mean, this is full-blown every detail that you didn't want. Take yeah. it away, Sean. Uh, I'm going to blaze through this because it, it does bore me. Yeah, it's a beast. And it's a few pages. Um, but so... Uh, these kids found three of our jackets. I saw them in the boat. What if they had made it to the police? And again, here they are worried about their jackets and what crazy tell this is. (laughs) We found three jackets. And again, you didn't take photos of them 
on the island. You brought them off the island. You destroyed yeah. the evidence. Yeah. A coat is not significant. No. Finding the Burned coat where you found it is significant. significant. Yeah. Postcards aren't significant. Fizzle soda is not significant. I mean, none of these things. <laughs> well, speaking of that, I think this is my favorite line in the chapter. Uh, you fool. You know, these, what if they had made it to the police? Well, we got them now, Pop said. No thanks to you, Nick put in angrily. You're no good for anything but drinking soda and getting into fights. <laughs> and I have to imagine that the camera pans to him and he's wearing a shirt that just says, I'm good at two things, drinking soda and getting into fights. <laughs> I thought this is the one thing I also want to put on my LinkedIn. <laughs> really get a drinking soda and getting into fights. I like the T-shirt though, the Walmart T-shirt. Who likes yeah, to drink soda and get in fights? This guy. Because <laughs> <laughs> it could also be used menacingly of like the I only do two things: drink soda and get into fights, and I'm all out of soda. <laughs> yeah, that's good. A little bit only of he would live. be like. I'm only good at drinking soda and getting into fights, and I have a ton of soda. <laughs> Holy cow! I bought a crate of it. I got a sixty-pack of fizzle. Yeah, over at Northport. Found out they're the only place to carry it still, so I bought them out of it. It's just got crates of it. That's all see. that's at the the docks now. They're just like, what's in all these canisters? All fizzle, baby. All fizzle, all the time. All fizzle, all the time. We'll give him credit for buying postcards in Northport. Stark said sarcastically. I did my share. What uh, does that have bristle. to do with anything? He bought the postcards. Yeah. It was awesome. But like <laughs> But for for He mailed them. For Stark to bring that up even as like that's not a plot point really. Yeah, you know what my response would have been? Yeah, well I had a banana yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is the one thing this guy has done sean let it be known that he bought the postcards man stop trying to take it from him he's helping out <laughs> well they're saying it like it's a bad thing yeah i know it was supposed to be a good thing stark said sarcastically thanks for getting the postcards maybe there was this whole situation where uh, he didn't end up getting the postcards and someone actually else someone uh differently differently jesus another person ended up getting the postcards could that have happened? Maybe there's we, a story behind the postcards. Yeah, they should go into this deeper than even <laughs> mentioning it here. It is. They go in so deep with everything else. When they have these little one-offs, it does make you wonder, like, why didn't they go deep into that? Uh, I did my share. We wouldn't have stolen the crate of Yokohama Radio so easy if I hadn't first made the deal with Sutton. I'm going to guess that if you're a villain who's stealing radios, you don't have to say Yokohama Radio. Like, <laughs> Like, they're not saying, like, you're only good at drinking fizzle soda and getting into fights with Sutton and Alf Lundgren. You're not wrong. It's overly descriptive. They just need that tie-in again with Yokohama because that's clearly the sponsor for this book. Yeah, this book these, was brought to you by Yokohama Radios. With the state-of-the-heart, state-of-the-heart, state-of-the-art, state-of-the-heart. It the could be state-of-the-heart. They only play heart. Or just songs about hearts. Just Shut Barracuda. Yeah, Barracuda and some John Bon Jovi. Yeah, that guitar wails on that song, dude. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's a great one. 
Uh, oh, yeah. And, and we digress into even more exposition. So we had better be off without that hothead. Or we would have been better off without that hothead, Nick declared. So Nick doesn't like Sutton. No, no one does. Uh, but he knew the docs, Pop retorted. Thanks to him, we had inside help. If you guys hadn't been so slow, we could have taken more crates. Ah, he was helpful, Stark sneered. He wasn't satisfied with our bank loot. Remember, brought... we robbed the banks. <laughs> we weren't talking what, about that just now with cream? our other crimes. I wonder where that ice oh. cream is at. Those gallons of ice cream? Did it oh, ever make it I to the party? I hope that comes back in chapter 20. <laughs> that's, that's the end of the, the, clues, of the movie. Of the, like, like... <laughs> Chief Colleague and the boys all standing around like drinking melted ice cream. Like, well, that's one sweet case solved. <laughs> yeah, I do like that. I was going to say the uh, the ice cream melted on the street, so it forms these little rivers in the actual street itself, and it carries the final clue right to the Hardy's house. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, they pool together like in Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> All the ice cream that's spilled just comes back together. Does it form an actual another tub of ice cream in your no, mind, it's or just does it really form an sticky. individual? It's, it's, no, it just gets really sticky, and like then Chet finds it. <laughs> Where's Ooh, Chet? banana cream. Calm down, Chet. Lemon meringue. Chet has he a just likes the worst said. of the flavors. Ooh, it's a lime of some sort. Pepper uh. lime. Oh God, Chet. <laughs> Is this that chicken noodle uh, <laughs> Diffidence? Diffidence. <laughs> uh, well, he he wasn't satisfied with our bank loot. He brought the Hardys and the police down on an X by planting a stolen radio on that big Steve door and making the whole bunch hot. And I feel like even Joe at this point should be like, shut up. Okay, guys. <laughs> guys, come on. Guys, this is enough. We don't care anymore. You're embarrassing yourselves. Yeah, yeah. But, 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 and the fighting with you over his cut every night in Shantytown, did that help? You were all – and then we start getting – so Frank, meanwhile, has commandeered the entire Coast Guard under his command. Yeah. And now Joe is is taking the leader role of these criminals of, you were all pretty careless, Joe egged them on. We heard that an envelope <laughs> from the Yokohama radio distributors was found in the Starks Hotel room. You left that, Fritz? Uh, Pops snorted. And I do love this. I love this turn where Joe realizes, like, yeah, okay, these guys are just opening up. I'm just going to poke the bear. Yeah. And uh, classic, yeah, this... classic confession technique. Classic. It was you who wrote pretending to be, purchase... to be a purchasing agent to find out where their Super X radio shipments came in. <laughs> where their state-of-the-art Yokohama <laughs> Super X radios, the official radio of young detectives everywhere, shipment was coming in. But Pops left his broken soda bottle in the sleuth, Joe prodded. Like, who cares about this broken soda bottle? Calm down. Didn't it cut somebody's hand or foot, or did I make that up? Uh, in my mind, that's what happened. I mean, the we definitely went were, there in a bit. They were picking it up, and they were, like, siphoning it through a cheesecloth or something like that. Oh, yeah, like they had that. cheesecloth. Yeah. I tried to order cheesecloth. Oh, you did? In, in, my last, in my last grocery order, and, uh, what and they were out. They were out. I did not receive my cheesecloth. That's ridiculous. I know. That should be an easy thing to get. Did you check Amazon? I'm trying to avoid Amazon as much as possible. Oh, I know. That was a stab. (laughs) Well done. 
Well done, sir. You poked the bear. I am. I'm a bear poker. I'm trying you to avoid Amazon out. because I was too busy stealing from banks. <laughs> Sean, <laughs> I have your jacket. Yokohama Super X Radios, <laughs> the finest radios this side of the Mason Dixon. Anytime we play an advertisement, your children will laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yokohama Radios. I didn't even say Yokohama. I just combined it. I said Yokohama Radios or something. It's fine. No I know. Cares. No one's That's still listening. Enough, the bald man ordered. Roughly, he shoved the captives towards the gaping cavern. Hold it, Stark grasped. First, I have a bone to pick with the nosy kid. Then he cuffed Joe on the ear and laughed wickedly. This right here is my favorite sequence ever. Ever. Oh? Oh? Because it is this grown man just bullying this child so he <laughs> slaps him to the ear and it just starts wickedly laughing like a witch i imagine it's not even la- he's cackling i mean these yeah, are just that's cackles implied. and joe just goes oh what was that for which he says trying to draw the man out more which i don't understand why but he goes you'd like to know wouldn't you stark sneered and pushed joe so hard that he fell to the ground which is hysterical to me <laughs> Just this 30-year-old man beating up this little teenager, throwing him on the ground, slapping him on the ear, and pretending to be a child himself. I bet you'd like to know why I just did that, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would. That's why I asked. That hurt. I'm hurt. He's very hurt. The poor guy. Cut it out, Jerry protested, and lunged forward to help his friend. Nick seized the boy and shot him twice in the thigh. <laughs> oh, sorry. Nick seized the boy and held him fast. I thought he was holding him with the gun. <laughs> no, remember the gun's pointing towards himself. And then we get the full-on Scooby-Doo line of, <laughs> you and your pesky brother always interfering with our plans. I had things all worked out. I bet you did, Joe retorted. Who stole the car in Northport? And here we go. Yeah, Nick did, Stark replied, while Ben and Pops took the black cat for a spin. Ben found out where your boat was kept, and later Pops took it. He broke into our boathouse while the rest of your gang was robbing the bank? That's right, smart boy, Fritz Stark sneered. Ben was with us. Pops had the sleuth waiting. We were going to head straight for Hermit Island. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's getting a, a neat accent as you go on. I get what well, in my mind, like his character is slowly shifting into this like is it Sneedly? What's the bad guy in Rocky and Bullwinkle? Okay. I know what you're talking about. You know about. what I'm saying? Like I started imagining this man, like as he's talking, he starts growing a pencil thin mustache yeah, the, that the wraps fake around. Elite yeah. aristocratic. Yeah, how is this man's facial hair growing so fast? And, of course, as the facial hair grows, you have to change your persona. Yeah. Because this exposition dump deserves that character. And in your accent workshop, you actually talk a lot about how much facial hair affects the power of an accent. It's everything. It changes your vibrato. It changes the the now, reverb, actually. Now, I've heard that facial hair has something to do with it. <laughs> this is a quote. Facial hair has everything to do with it what is that uh i've heard that speed has something to do with it speed has it's it's always sunny it is yeah yeah Yeah. so he just keeps going uh and you know we hot-footed it back we picked up ben's car drove around for another fast boat we found one and borrowed it um that was the black cat and all that and then 
my favorite part, as we're, we're now in the middle of 161, they're talking about how, you know, we uh, went to the costume shop and had them, uh, <laughs> had Mr. French tell us where your party was or whatever. Um, but we sent two bunglers to do the job uh, to find out what costume you guys were wearing. Moran and Duke. <laughs> They drove to French's place and made him tell where the party was. Then they nabbed the wrong boys. I I just want Joe to be like, wait, wait, Moran and Duke? Who are they? And thanks for doxing them instantly yeah. Yeah. without product. Not we just sent two bunglers. Yeah, uh, we had to get the names because Moran Franklin prison had these great and Duke names. prison. The prison brothers. <laughs> yeah. MP and DP, man. The two brothers. So um, Frank is, or no, I'm sorry, Joe demands to know where Chet and Biff are because he finds out, oh, it was these two dudes that grabbed them thinking it was the Hardys. So the Hardys were right. That was what was going on. And when did you discover who they were, Joe asked, after you took them to Shantytown? Stark shot him a hard look. You know that too. <laughs> yeah, this whole thing. And, and, this has been such a convoluted book with so many, like, the bank robbery, the kidnapping, and the uh, the stolen radios. What was the other? There's, there's like, four distinct crimes that have happened. Yeah. Stolen radios, bank robbery, kidnapping. Um, and I guess that's it. I guess the old crazy hermit, too, like, what's going on with this hermit. But I guess that's tied into everything else. Yeah, but for them to just, like, you know that too. I, as a reader, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Oh, the fighting at Shantytown. That's what oh, the started the whole Shantytown. thing. Oh, the that's right. Yeah. That's I, the fourth I thing. I totally forgot Shantytown was a, a big, pivotal moment of this yeah, book. Yeah, that's what like started the whole seven investigation. Seven chapters ago. Yeah. And I'm I'm sitting here as a reader being like, oh, yeah, there was fighting in <laughs> Shantytown too that's connected to these people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, man. <sighs> you fellows... Anyway, so it ends with, you fellows won't ever find your two friends, and nobody will find you. Uh, so the boys learned that the crooks had spotted the sleuth and pretended to ram her to find out her full power. <laughs> Which is a br- That's the smartest move by these guys. They needed to steal a fast boat... So they just went around fake ramming other boats to see how fast those boats would go. And they're like, oh, that one, that's pretty fast. We'll steal that one to do a bank robbery. I think that's insane, right? No, it is. Yeah. It is, but at least it's sort of clever. I don't know, because now they're creating, like, big crimes before they commit their even bigger crime. Yeah. To just ram into boats. They're not smart. It's (laughs) It's not a good idea to do. But yeah. as far as like, if you want to check the speed of boats, was that does that work to hit another boat? You'll see how fast it can go. Well, they they fake rammed it. We pretended oh, to right. ram her, what... and that way they had to like floor it. They you know, can see the gun to get out of the way. They're like, boats. okay, that okay, one... never mind. I when whenever they said we rammed the boats, in my mind it means they were going and they were nudging into boats and actually hitting them just to see how they would react. Oh no, I think this was like aiming for like to t-bone a boat. We should take every criminal action and write it down. And when we're in our 80s, Sean, we should test these out. Why wait? I say we start. 
yet another podcast of us doing crimes. Yeah. <laughs> that we learn from children's books. I heard true crime podcasts are like all, you know, the rage People right now. People love them right now. But yeah. none of them are actually true Criminals. crime happening. Yeah. So it's we're going to podcast while performing our true crimes. Yeah. This is perfect. Yeah. But based on fiction. Yeah. Because we're when doing we get true crimes based on by fiction. the police, <laughs> when we're caught ramming another boat at the Forest Park boathouse, like, excuse me, what are you boys doing? Oh, uh, it's a research. We're uh, doing. It's like MythBusters meets Hardy Boys criminals. Does that make sense to you guys? Do you guys want to pose for a picture with us? We're gonna be really famous one day. <laughs> this is good. I'd like to go out this way. I would, that would be a fun way to just anytime you're with people in like a group photo for something just be like oh this would be good because i'm gonna be really famous one day cheese <laughs> you can you guys it. are gonna love this cheese <laughs> as you whip out your cheese cloth that you can never find cheese cloth <laughs> oh so we continue the exposition dump of well they, <sighs> they just sort of explained why that you know we had urgent business to check on a bayport no time to lose we got one more job to do tonight, then we're clearing out. And it, it seems like the job is going to be busting their brother, Ben Stark, out of jail. Yeah, which it's gonna be Joe it. puts together in his head like Rain Man. Yeah. Um, so, all right, inside the cave. So they shove Joe and Jerry into the cave, and they leave, um, obviously, because that's the right move. Uh, and in the darkness, they feel another body. Ooh. Could it be Chet or Biff? Asks the narrator. <laughs> and then Joe Joe nudges the unknown prisoner. Jumping catfish! Joe whispered like a horse. <laughs> it's Mr. French. Oh, I was not expecting that. Yeah, which is like, a, I guess, a fifth crime. You've kidnapped... The costume shop owner. Yeah, the yeah. costume shop owner. Just a... An innocent Spaniard. <laughs> Why he's named Mr. French, we don't know, but he he is Spanish. Oh, he is. I didn't know that. Now you know. Now I know. The more you know. Me and talk pretty is one half day. The battle. Yeah, I know that reference. Yeah. Terminator? Yeah, yeah Terminator 2, I thought. No, yeah. no, no, no. I'm sorry. It was Genesis. It was Terminator Genesis. Land Before Time 4. Oh, yeah. That's the one where, where, where Ducky becomes a bird. <laughs> Ducky becomes a rogue <laughs> a rogue android police agent. <laughs> oh, Lord Ducky. Have mercy. I love that you had a character on call for that. <laughs> you had a reference all ready to go. Yeah, you know me. I'm always referencing. David, once again, we're near we have one more one more episode left. Next week is the last chapter of this book, and I don't know yet what we'll do for a finale. But yeah, it is, it's an emotional journey and I've been so excited to like get into this book and get to the meat of it. And I think this is one of the most poorly written where instead of like them getting deeper into the mystery, just other seemingly unrelated crimes happen. And then they're only tied together during a massive confession in the penultimate chapter. Mm -hmm. But I'm already excited to start the next book. I'm, I'm already too. in that my, mind, mind space. I'm just... Yeah. 
What are these? Because the next one is uh, hunting for hidden gold. Oh, I love a good treasure story. Yep. Turns out the treasure was friendship all along. <laughs> what? There's a movie called uh, uh, Gold Rush. Did you ever see that one? I think I've it's seen called... Rat Race. Oh, that's a great movie. What? Who is? Who's the girl from Casper? Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci. That's right. There was a Christina Ricci movie. Man, that was... she's probably in so many other films that I would not have known. Like I don't know her catalog at all. <laughs> the fact that you picked <laughs> Casper and the fact that I have seen it, remember it, and recalled the actor's name. That <laughs> yeah, that makes me very happy. Serendipitous, right there. Uh, the it's movie is called. Moment. I'm sorry. It's Gold Diggers from 1995. It's getting a Blu-ray release. I'm super excited. I watched it all the time as a kid. And there's another movie called Gold Diggers from the 30s that had a great dance number in it. Uh, so don't get yourself confused. I'm talking about the Christina Ricci one. I, I just got to do a quick plug for it. You should check it out. Okay. It's a gem. I like how it's not <laughs> – you have your own movies that you're currently producing and editing. Like you have big projects that are happening. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of most podcasts, it's like, so anything you want to plug? It's like, yeah, check out my Instagram. You know, follow this movie's coming out. So make sure to check your local listings. Instead, <laughs> instead, your plug was for the Blu-ray release of a 1995 movie that you watched as a kid. <laughs> I mean, you will the... see no returns <laughs> from this. No You'll benefit. know more about me watching that movie <laughs> than a plug for any project I'm working on. You'll watch it like, yeah, this explains why he is the way he is. He definitely watched uh, this movie on repeat, and this is his lexicon. He is Christina Ricci from Gold Diggers. <laughs> <laughs> There's your I, LinkedIn bio. It's small soldiers it's David and <laughs> Christina Ricci from Gold Diggers. <laughs> oh, I wish I could. If I had a LinkedIn, it would be switched to that right now. Ah, uh, good times. <laughs> well, sir, I got nothing else. I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I've got some closure already. I have yeah. a feeling I know what the last chapter is going to be. Yeah, we got the wrap up already. Close. Yeah. Now they're just uh, gonna get captured and they're gonna eat. Yeah, some melted ice cream. Yeah. Looks like success tastes sweet, fellas. <laughs> My victory tastes like vanilla. <laughs> I am loving what's going on right now. <laughs> this is the one-liner police chief chummy sign-off. Is that... is that what that was? Yeah, I think so. Okay. You know, I got to be honest. I don't know whose turn it is. Yeah, that's a good I'll I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do it. By the way, this is absolutely the part that even our, our truest supporters and listeners do not care about. They live for it. No, they I, live I for disagree. It. I feel like especially the more fanfare that has gone in. Like no one's like, oh, I wonder what the sign up, what the rhyme's gonna be. Everyone this week. is curious about the no rhyme. No one is Sean, clamoring for the rhyme. I'm curious about the rhymes the entire episode. Anytime you're talking, I'm always thinking, here comes the rhyme. There's gonna be a rhyme. I find it in my everyday vocabulary, too, when I'm talking to random strangers. I'm like, wait, are they going to rhyme? <laughs> gonna... We well, should be rappers. I think the problem is a lot of these past chapters, 
have been so convoluted and so stretched out, David. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just been circling the the point without landing on it, and it 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 wears on me. It wears uh-huh. on me like this this runaround, this beating around the bush, time and time again. It's like get to the point, you know. Uh, yeah, I agree. To the point, and so I hope that things get a lot more blunty <laughs> when we get to chapter twenty. <laughs> I stand by that. I enjoyed it. That's a cut. That's a cut. That's a bingo.